Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Well, that didn't take long. I did the story about a week ago, maybe, about the robot lawyer going to court to help somebody with their traffic ticket. And I expressed some skepticism, said I don't think it's going to work as well as people think it will, but I'll wait and see. And uh, now the man who is behind this, his company, says uh, that he's gotten legal threats and has decided to pull the plug on the experiment. So a robot was scheduled to argue in court. Then came the jail threats. So the guy claims that somebody threatened him with jail, so he's decided to stop the experiment. I want to make this very, very clear. I don't think legally there was anything wrong with what he was doing. However, I did say that I didn't think it would work as well as people thought it would. But now we may never know. So there you go. (laughs) Stories from NPR sent to me by a whole raft of people. Bobby Allen wrote it. The British man who planned to have a robot lawyer help a defendant fight a traffic ticket has dropped the effort after getting threats of possible prosecution and jail time. I saw one headline that said prison time. So these things do tend to get out of control as the story goes on. Uh, Joshua Browder is the CEO of a New York-based startup called Do Not Pay. And he created a way for people contesting traffic tickets to use arguments in court generated by artificial intelligence. And that's where the the company really got its traction. So he said here that what would happen in this case was a person challenging a ticket would wear smart glasses that both record court proceedings and then dictate responses into the defendant's ear from a small speaker. The system was powered by a few leading AI text generators, including Chat, GPT, and DaVinci. As I pointed out also in another video, is that when you ask Chat GPT questions, it often gives answers that sound really good, unless you examine them very, very closely. And so in the examples I gave, somebody in my audience had fed Chat GPT three questions about the Lemon Law. First question, what is it? And the answer was fabulous. Second was, what do you do if you have a Lemon Law claim? The answer is completely wrong. And then, can you help me with that? It said, yes, I can. And and it proceeded to tell you how to go down the wrong route. So it was batting one for three, which, by the way, in batting wouldn't be that bad in baseball. But one in three in in, in advice from an attorney would not be good, would not be good. So um, the first ever artificial intelligence-powered legal defense was set to take place in California uh, on February 22nd, but they've now canceled that. As word got out, an uneasy buzz began to swirl among various state bar officials, according to Browder. He says angry letters began to pour in. He said he was threatened by multiple state bar associations. One even said a referral to the district attorney's office and prosecution and prison time would be possible. I'd like to see that letter. I'm fascinated by that concept because what he's doing, uh, he's not practicing law. And that would be the Presumably, that would be the complaint, right? So in particular, he said one state bar official noted that the unauthorized practice of law is a misdemeanor in some states, punishable by up to six months in the county jail. Uh, Even if it wouldn't happen, the threat of criminal charges was enough to give it up, he said. The letters had become so frequent that we thought it was just a distraction and that we would move on. State bar associations licensed and regulated attorneys as a way to ensure people hire lawyers who understand the law. 
Browder refused to cite which state bar associations in particular sent letters and what official made the threat of possible prosecution, saying that his company is under investigation by multiple state bar associations, including California's. Now, why would, be, why would anybody be investigating him if he said that he hasn't done it yet? He said, I'm going to do this next month. And yet multiple state bar associations are investigating him. If that's true, that's very strange. Uh, in a statement, State Bar of California Chief Trial Counsel George Cardonia said the organization has a duty to investigate possible instances of unauthorized practice of law. And that obviously could be true, but it hadn't happened yet. So they'd have to investigate something that happened down the road. Uh, we regularly let potential violators know that they could face prosecution in a civil or criminal court, which is entirely up to law enforcement. Uh, Leah Wilson, the State Bar of California's executive director, told NPR that there has been a recent surge in poor quality legal representation that the association has launched a new crackdown on, although she would not comment on whether or not this man's company was part of that probe. I can tell you that I've spoken to people who said that, you know, I went to or a friend of mine went to a notary to have something done and they gave us bad legal advice. And I have to explain, we'll say, yeah, but in, in America, a notary is simply somebody who witnesses a signature and confirms that the person signing the document is the signatory. I mean, the, 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 the correct signature matches. And I've had people say, but Steve, in other countries, notaries do more. They might. And people need to know that. So if you went to a notary and got legal advice, then that would run afoul of this. In 2023, we are seeing well-funded, unregulated providers rushing into the market for low-cost legal representation, raising questions again about whether and how these services should be regulated. Even if the use of AI in court was not being challenged, some observers have questioned just how effective Do Not Pay's AI tools would be for people in need of legal services, with some having mixed to shoddy results attempting to use as basic features. And that's, like I said earlier, when we asked it three questions about the Lemon Law, and it got one right. And it got the second and third ones wrong, and those are the important ones. Uh, Browder's been known for drumming up attention with stunts. Earlier, he claimed on Twitter the company would pay any lawyer a million dollars to argue in front of the U.S. Supreme Court wearing AirPods that would pipe AI-generated arguments from its robot lawyer. And uh, NPR appears to be suggesting that that was a publicity stunt, but... Founded in 2015, Do Not Pay is raised to $28 million, including funding from prominent venture capital firms, according to analytics. So instead of trying to help those accused of traffic violations use the artificial intelligence in the courtroom, uh, the man says Do Not Pay will train its focus now on assisting people dealing with expensive medical bills, unwanted subscriptions, and issues with credit reporting agencies. He also still hopes it's not the end of the road for AI in the courtroom. The truth is, most people can't afford lawyers. This could have shifted the balance and allowed people to use tools like ChatGPT in the courtroom that maybe could have helped them win cases. Maybe could have. <laughs> the future of robot lawyers faces uncertainty for another reason that is far simpler than the Bar Association's existential questions, and that is the courtroom rules, the rules of court. Recording audio during a live legal proceeding is not permitted in federal courts and is often prohibited in state courts. It is also 
often the case that you need the consent of all people being recorded in a state depending on which state you're in. California is a dual party consent state, meaning that you can record a conversation with somebody else as long as they consent to it. So my advice, if this guy had consulted me or any other attorney, the first thing they would have said is, do this in a single consent state. That way, at least you don't want to follow that. Because in states where it's dual consent, if you record another person without their permission, that can be a crime. So it very well could have been that if they'd sent the guy into court or gal with the AI generating earpiece and people had been recorded in the process and then they announced the results and said, hey, this guy was in court the other day and he won his case. Anybody who was in that courtroom who spoke could say, ah, he recorded me without my permission. And there you go. So the AI tools developed by Do Not Pay, which remain completely untested in actual courtrooms, require recording audio of arguments in order for the machine learning algorithm to generate responses. Uh, I think calling the tool a robot lawyer really riled a lot of lawyers up, he said, but I think they're missing the forest for the trees. Technology is advancing and courtroom rules are very outdated. Um, And that's, of course, coming from a guy who is selling AI and not an attorney. Uh, Courtroom rules um, get updated as they need to be. Uh, And I can't talk about the cost of attorneys. I know that there's a lot of attorneys. And uh, you can go out there and shop around and find an inexpensive one if you want. But here's my bigger point. I said I had a problem because I didn't think it was going to work practically. And that is simply because there's a whole bunch of people in a courtroom who might be speaking. And assuming that the device the person is wearing can actually pick up every single person speaking in a noisy courtroom and identify who is speaking and who's saying important things and who's not, and then make the responses, okay, that's the first hurdle. But let's suppose that you can get over that, okay? The other thing is, is the AI practicing law? And it's not. It's not. If I wrote a book called How to Represent Yourself in Court, and you walked into a courtroom with that book, and every time somebody asked you a question, you quickly opened up the book and said something, they're not going to go, hey, find out who wrote that book, arrest them for practicing law without a license. And you say, but Steve, you're a lawyer. Well, not in all 50 states. So (laughs) the point is that the AI is a program. It's a computer program, okay? And number one, it's not a person. And the makers of it, it's not really practicing law. It's, 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 it's literally just question, answer, question, answer. And so I don't think that's practicing law in that sense. Now, if you had a person, let's suppose you said, Steve, I'm going to court tomorrow in Ohio, and I'm going to wear an earpiece and special glasses so you can see what's happening and hear what's happening, and you can whisper in my ear what to say next. If I did that, I'd be practicing law. And, and, and so I'd be helping you but I'd be doing unauthorized practice of law if that was not in the state of Michigan. However, I don't think that that program would have been practicing law. It's, it's literally just a, 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 a generator that creates answers to questions. And by the way, the person hearing the answers does not have to follow the advice. And I would think that the unauthorized practice of law rule is aimed at people, humans, okay? So, you know... Your dog can't practice law, no matter how much it tries to influence what you do in a courtroom. 
Okay, I'm just making an absurd example, but that's the point. So again, if I wrote that book, how to you know how to win your case, and you brought it into court and you were using the book, nobody would accuse the author of the book of practicing law. Likewise, I don't think that you could say that this guy's program was practicing law. So I'm kind of disappointed that the experiment didn't proceed because now it's starting to look like it may have been a publicity stunt. And if the guy had gone to court and lost, but said, but we lost, but here's why. Because you can't win every case. Obviously not. There are some cases that are losers. And so just the fact that you go to court and lose does not mean it's a loss in the biggest sense of that word. And so there are programs out there that need to be fine-tuned. Think of, think of early windows. <laughs> and so this program may have needed fine-tuning. And the guy had said, if we go to court and the person loses after using it, we'll pay for that. And I'd said, you know, that doesn't account for the higher points in your license and the rise in insurance costs. But that's another point altogether. I'm simply pointing out that I think there were bigger technical problems that probably would have presented themselves here. But I personally don't think that they could have gone after the makers of the AI and said, well, that's practicing law. Because among other things, the person could ignore what was being said to them in their ear. But number two, it's just, it's just a, a machine generating answers. And, and that's not the same as someone saying to you, hey, I'll represent you, I'll go into court and I'll do stuff for you. And that's the other thing is that generally speaking, when you represent someone in court, you show up and stand next to them and you speak on their behalf. And courts have said that you cannot bring in a person off the street who's not a lawyer and go, this person, not a lawyer, is representing me. That's not allowed. And I know some people don't like that, but that's the way it is. But that's very different when you have a person standing there saying, I want to represent this person, versus I've got this discrete program running on a computer someplace that's, that's suggesting answers to me that I may or may not take. Um, I'm not sure how wise it would be to take their answers and give them in court, but it gets snagged earlier with the technical aspects. And keep in mind that at the very, very basic start of this, to do this in California would have been a mistake, being a, a, a dual consent state. So I am most curious to know if Joshua Browder, who's the CEO of the company, who's apparently behind a lot of the thought process here, if he consulted any attorneys before he came up with a plan. Because if he had consulted an attorney, the first thing they would have said is, do it in a single consent state, and that would remove one of the biggest complaints that anybody will have. So if you do it in a single consent state, they can't come after you and say, well, you're eavesdropping. Now, courts could come after you and say, you're not allowed to record in our courtroom. But the question is whether they would do that after the fact and if the recordings were uh, destroyed shortly thereafter, which is what I assume they would do with that. But that's another problem. But be that as it may, the experiment is off and he's pivoting to where he's not going to try this again. And that's kind of sad because I would have liked to see this happen. And I'm just going to mention this. I, I taught trial practice for 10 years at the University of Detroit Mercy School of Law. And I conducted mock trials where I was the judge. And I've also done mock trials where I was a witness or I was a party or I was an attorney. Uh, and you can do mock trials that are identical to the real trials. And, and, and you, can, you can do that. It would be very easy to set up one of these and do a mock case, a mock hearing on this, uh, and see how well this would work. 
And as an experiment, it'd be a fascinating thing to do. So getting people to participate in that would be extremely easy. And so if you really wanted to prove a point, especially if you like publicity, you might want to approach somebody and say, hey, let's do that. Let's set up a mock trial and let's document the entire thing and let's show how accurate we're going to be with the trial. Uh, let's get an actual courtroom. Again, not hard to do. Get an actual courtroom. Set it up the way you normally set it up. Bring in somebody to play the prosecutor. Bring in somebody to play the defense attorney. Bring in somebody to play the, uh, the defendant. Not the defense attorney because the defendant won't have one. Uh, and a court reporter and people in the gallery. And let's do this and see what happens. Let's do this and see what happens. And you'd want to try it a couple different ways. One of which is... Send in somebody as a defendant and tell them their instructions are, you literally mimic everything this thing tells you. If it tells you to sit down, you sit down. If it tells you to raise your right hand and say something, you raise your right hand and say something. And then, and then you say, okay, let's give it to somebody who knows what they're doing. Uh, perhaps have an attorney go in there. And, and, and have it and just have the attorney just simply listen to it and decide, do I take that advice or do I go with my own advice? And do it a couple of different ways and see what happens. Because like I said, I'm very curious to know if they had the technical bugs worked out. But as of right now, the experiment's been canceled and the robot scheduled to argue in court is not going to do so because the makers of it say they were threatened with legal sanctions, jail and or prison, depending on which headline you want to go with. And again, there were several problems with it. But like I said, my objection wasn't that I thought it was practicing law. I don't, I don't think it was. My bigger objection was simply that um, I don't think they would have gotten over the technical issues, but also the issue with California being a dual-party consent state. So there is your problem. But again, if you wanted to try it, there's easy enough ways to do it. Got to thank George, Angelique, Edward, Kevin, Abraham, Matt, Andrew, and Nick all for sending it. NPR ran the story. The robot lawyer has decided to retire. Questions or comments, put them below those. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Not only do I not know what's going on, I wouldn't know what to do about it if I did.